Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to tonight's Dash Radio show. I'm your host, Don Wright DeBronson, and here with my co-host, Mr. Peter Mingles. Peter's here. Peter's here. And uh, we're here talking about stuff, because that's what Tuesday, Tuesday nights are. This is our Tuesday. It's our Tuesday. Talk about anything we want. That's right. <laughs> And you got to look at your Skype about that box you showed me. Okay. <laughs> you know, Peter sent me the um, a box, a, a laptop, right? Mm-hmm. A laptop accessory came in, mm-hmm. and and he he always has these little things that he does, and he sent me this just so that I could count how many mistakes were on the box. <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, we used to laugh about things because you know, I not to bag on Microsoft, but you know. Version after version after version, there are still glitches in Office, right? And, I mean, 25 years we're still using the software. There's still bugs. But as a software developer of new software, if I had one glitch, I would get 5,000 phone calls and everyone would leave me. And I wonder how a box like this could could actually get out. And, and, and it didn't deter you from buying the product at all, did it? No, I thought it was kind of, first of all, I thought it was kind of cute. So the it back is. end story of the box, it's a little a little thing that holds the laptop up a little bit so it's easy to type with. And it's, as you can see, Don, by the eloquent white writing, it's for heat dispersion. It's heat dispersion effect, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and, there's, and it was made in China. So yes. fairly, whoever wrote the English instructions obviously didn't ask anyone to proofread Phonetic anything. Phonetic English, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I don't have the box in front of me, but it was, like, really hysterical. And I just figured I'd have to share that with you because we talk about <laughs> programmers and how we love programmers sometimes and stuff that happens. And then just to see this box, yeah. like somebody actually printed and probably sold bazillions of these things. And and quality control probably approved it. Be easy oh, yeah. to catch the screen. Be hard. Too tired for the hands. <laughs> this is awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. There's one about the life. Flow. I don't remember where it was in the front of the back. This one about the life flow of the computer. I'm like, this is really cute. So anyway, it gives you a little smile. But also, you know, like like I said, like not one English speaking person actually tried to proofread that. Or if they did, they I, I'm going to put commit. this up on the blog. Do you mind? No, that's, that's okay. Fine. We're going to put this up on the desk. This is good stuff right here. You got a front, you got a front and a back. Yes. All right, I'm sending it on to Axel for for uploading to the blog so that we can definitely make a post out of this one. <laughs> All right. So, so knowing that sometimes even even the worst botched box can still sell your product. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if the if the errors are genuine and and it's slightly adorable, you can get away with it. <laughs> yep. And, and what happened was I was at the um, uh, where was I? I was at the Daytona Flea Market, and the Daytona Flea Market they have a lot of merchants, and some of them obviously are selling discounted stuff at Chinese products. And this was I don't remember what it was. It might have been three dollars or four dollars. And I just said, oh, this is kind of neat. I remember one programmer I had I actually bought something like this from him. Said, you know, it's the best thing you ever bought for me. 
because it helped kind of keep things at an angle for him. And I said, you know, what is it, three bucks, four bucks, whatever it was. But then mm-hmm. I did look at the box and I started reading it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is classic. I would buy mm-hmm. it just for the. I would buy it just for the box. <laughs> That's kind of perfect. Cool. Really funny. Thank yes. you. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, cool stuff. And then I showed you that <laughs> other picture of the guy who's making a stand, you know, the one who has uh, yes. the, the sign on my street. Yep. One out of about, you know, I don't know how many houses we have here in my little town, but uh, my little town is kind of growing significantly, and that little town, uh, people drive too fast down the roads, and he actually had the position to stand up and say, wait a minute, you know, the speed limit's 30 miles an hour, and even though the officials don't care, I do. And he made it. It shows you the what the really cool thing about it. And we're talking about this on the show, is the ingenuity and the creativeness and the resolve and the passion that some people have. Now, to the to the wild extreme, um, I was thrown into the oh my gosh, I hope I survived this <laughs> last night. As I think he either had food poisoning or some kind of a bug. I, I went from the very you know cathartic. You know, you know the Einstein kind of thinking. You know, on previous mm-hmm. days, to oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. <laughs> my, my whole world was pinned down to oh my gosh, I'm learning how fast things can actually travel through my body. <laughs> so, so it's kind of, kind of neat that whole dash thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something's making a mad dash from your mouth yeah. out to the ether, right? Yes. <laughs> You know, I, and and for those of you who don't know, we, we had started, actually I don't think I've talked about it, um, last week at about 3 o'clock in the morning as I was sleep eating four peanut butter cups, I, I actually went and Googled because uh, I was sleep eating. I, I stress eat in my sleep. I wake up and I sleep eat. And, and, and I've recently taken up sleep walking um, and twice have tried to pull down the little fake fireplace that is pretty little, it's a little heater in my room. Um, and I don't know what this new little habit of mine is, but the sleep eating thing has to go. I gained 20 pounds since September when Alex and I got married, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to do something. So a couple of weeks we were in Dallas, as you all know, and, and uh, there was a woman sitting across the table from us, and she was squeezing lemons into a cup. And uh, Dr. Reg was on my left, and I don't know if you were at the table at the time, Peter, but um, Alex and Aaron and Andy and I were there, and I inquired why she was squeezing these lemons, but she was on the phone. And I was sitting across from uh, Debbie and, and, is it Debbie and Tim Reeder? Um, they're, they're really nice people that I met a while back and really, really top echelon kind of people in the industry in um, nutraceuticals and such. And in MLM, really just over-the-top great people. I met them at ASEA a while back and, and really, really liked them. And so... I said, what is it? What is she doing? And they said, oh, she's doing the master cleanse, doing the lemonade diet. And I said, what's that? Well, at 3 o'clock in the morning, four peanut butter cups deep, I Googled the lemonade diet. And, um, you know, we've been gluten-free for about a month, as you know. We've been really trying to focus gluten-free. Yeah. I told you about that, yeah. Yeah, remember uh, we went shopping. Yeah, we were shopping. So I've been really, really committed to better health through nutrition. And, you know, you get people like Judy Moreo on the phone and er, on, on the show and all of these great nutritionists and Dr. Reg and, and his products with New Eden and, and some of the other products that all of my networking friends have sent over. Um, you know, Dawn Without a Program means lots of nutritionals come in boxes. <laughs> so I've been trying out some really great products and great HGH and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And uh, and so we, I thought, well, what about this thing? So I start reading about it. Really interesting stuff. And so it's a 50-year-old cleanse. It's been going on forever. And uh, 
And we've been learning a lot about how fast things travel through, like the salt water drink we have to drink every morning to cleanse the colon. But um, it's been pretty amazing, Peter. I, I, I'm going to promise everybody to put it up on the dash because um, the everything in between, you know, health and nutrition, I, I, I'm more and more convinced every single day that it's what goes into our bodies that makes us sick and it's what goes into our bodies that makes us well and that we have absolutely everything within us to do the job. I would agree. And then, you know, some of the stuff that we're working on is your ability to actually say that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're I'm sorry. Talk about I, I get no, so right. frustrated. I, I get so frustrated that I have panic attacks listening to people say, and this will make you well, and go, oh, my God, are we liable for that statement? You know. You know yep. how I am. Yep. But yeah. it's like you, freedom of speech. I thought we lived in America, but I just don't believe that we have freedoms like freedom of speech anymore. I really hope to uh, to affect that change. Right. Well, I really it's, do. it's definitely kind of cool stuff. And the cool thing nowadays, especially with the Internet, is there's so much information out there where you can actually do your own research. So I think responsibility would be is, hey, you take responsibility for, you know, the stuff you put in your body as well as everything else, and then you could do some research. And, of course, you have to watch out what you read because sometimes the information changes. But the idea of, you know, if somebody has a helpful hint or suggestion, they're really passionate about what they're they're talking about, you know, you would think that you'd be able to say that, but there's powers that be that sometimes say that that's not the case. And we're going to talk a lot about that relative to some issues that we're dealing with, especially with health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you, I would have taken anybody's medical claim last night. You know, I don't care what they would have said. Please make this stop. Please make this stop. And anyway, so so the reality was we're, doing, we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff relative to uh, stuff and kind of share with you my little example relative to the kind of day that I had yesterday and thank goodness thank goodness it's coming out as far as uh, as 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 far as getting better but when I took a look <laughs> at the inventory of what I thought would be my life um I always have to try to figure out stuff I, I I like rules I like labels I like kind of figuring out how stuff works so not that I ever did it to to its completion but I figured you know if I'm going to live a life whatever that's going to be 50 years 60 years 70 years whatever it's going to be is I'm probably going to have X amount of days that I have really good days. I'm probably going to have X amount of days that I have really, really bad days. I'll probably have X amount of days that I'm sick, and I'll have X amount of days that I might be late for something. I'll have X amount of days where something doesn't go right. And I just figured that that's really just kind of like a weight of understanding it. So when you're having one of those days, that's really an indication of what one of those days really means. And for me, I'm fortunate that I don't have many of those days where I get really, really sick. But it was something that was kind of interesting. And I, yeah, I don't know whether it was the, the Chinese food for food poisoning or it was my little granddaughter who came by who was sick the day before or who knows what it might be. But the reality was is I just had one of those days. And I'm also so grateful that I don't have a lot of those days. Don, <laughs> you and I work together with people that are like that most of the time, whether it's health, um, you know, disabilities, whether it's increased, you know, intense pain, all of those types of things. And for me, I know that I would do whatever it took uh, to possibly get out of the pain that I was in. And if that's the way it was all the time, oh, my gosh, I would have, I, you know, I don't know what I would have done. So mm -hmm. it was for me um, talking about filling up my dash, and I know we're going to come <clears> to a commercial break one time, really hit me really hard. One time I was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I was running a, a lot of branches with a, network, with, a, with a direct sales company. And I got shingles, and I didn't know I had shingles, but I guess because of chicken pox, shingles virus kind of like laid mm -hmm. around dormant. And Shameful all of a sudden, stuff. I had um, 
really intense pain in my head, and it hurts so bad. And I don't know that well, I'm not a doctor, so it was a viral infection or something like that. And parts of my head actually hurt. Some parts of my head were actually numb, and, and I couldn't even I couldn't even think straight. Like totally, I couldn't even think straight. And I went to one doctor, and he told me that it was I pulled a muscle in my head. He said I was very tense. <laughs> like I pulled a muscle in my head. I said, uh, not for nothing, but I'm just not buying that. You know, when it comes to medical malpractice, the muscle in your head thing. So you're getting like muscle relaxants. I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy. So I went to go see another opinion, and he told me that I had ster- that I had um, shingles, and he kind of explained it away. And it was really kind of devastating for me that I realized I was in a vulnerable position because of the intense pain that I was in. So, you know, you have these little life-defining moments that happen to you, and some of the life-defining moments we're going to talk about on the other segment are found in a, uh, on a website that I really enjoy. So we'll let you start spinning some records as we're trying to, um, as we're trying to wrap this up, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the commercial, I think. Perfect. We'll be Do here. you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know that you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level. For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience and like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio and now back to the show and welcome back to the dash it's dawn and peter and we're talking about stuff stuff is it well i i was um referencing something that was really kind of interesting and i love the internet for lots of reasons um but there was one day, it was like late at night, like you were talking about, Dawn, you know, like I don't think I was sleep eating, but I was like definitely <laughs> out of it. And my and, and my, my mom had had a stroke recently, and um, this was a while back, and I didn't know anything about strokes. So I wanted to learn a little bit, so I did the typical thing. You know, you do the Google search, and I went on YouTube, um, and I found Jill Bolte, um, who has, she was a gal who actually studied the brain, and then she actually herself was having a stroke. So that was kind of neat that she was conscious that she was having a stroke. So you can kind of study yourself with the, the things that she was mm-hmm. uh, going through. And it really fascinated. It was a great video, all that sort of stuff. And then it led me somewhere. So there's a little technique that I sometimes say, the LSFSWB. I was looking for something. I found something else, and that something else actually worked better. So, <laughs> And that's usually the way it is, right? You go looking for mm-hmm. something, you go find something else, say, wow, that was exactly what I was looking for. So yeah. that little video led me to a website called TED.com. And TED.com has absolutely positively become one of my most favorite web- websites because it's riveting talks by remarkable people free to the world. So if it sounds like I've said that a couple of times, it's probably because I share that site with everyone. 
and they are some of the most, I think, uh, life-changing ideas and thought processes ever. It's a wonderful collection. And um, there's, I mean, I could rattle off tons of them. In preparation for this, I was watching one from a guy who actually kind of like invented the Internet. And he started to share some stories about how they actually had a, a, an address book with email addresses, like a telephone book. Like, could you imagine? And then he started talking about how the Internet was, you know, developed and all of the type, type of things. I would have never really known that. And quite honestly, I probably wouldn't have read a book about how the Internet was formed because I probably would have put it down after page three. So <laughs> TED.com is definitely one of my most favorite little things. And if there's one tip maybe you get from this show is you go check it out. There was one of my other favorite ones is the one on uh, the danger of a single story. Um, there's tons of stuff as far as the entrepreneurial spirit and people that are adding stuff to the dash. And I can share with you, there's been lots of times where I said, you know, I think I'm going to watch this one, but I really don't know what I'm going to get out of it. And it was probably one of the biggest, um, maybe, you know, how do you say life-changing or whatever things, but mm -hmm. definitely an aha moment. So I'll share with you that one. Um, there was one guy that was actually swimming in a polar ice lake. Like he wanted to cross it. And I said, you know, this is kind of goofy. Where, where in the world can I learn a lesson about whatever I'm interested in learning from some guy who's going to jump on a Speedo and swim across a frozen lake or all partially frozen lake? Um, what is the lesson in life there? And um, <laughs> I don't want to share with you, but I'll tell you, there was like he said some things that flat out floored me flat out floored me so the lesson that i learned from that little website was absolutely fantastic so i just like that site i wanted to mention it to some people so you'll see that you'll hear hans uh, talk about numbers incredible stuff you'll hear people talk about medical breakthroughs technology driven breakthroughs stuff that's actually lining the world and for me dawn sometimes we put ourselves in our own little cocoon versus the world that we're in and you just look and you realize there's a whole world out there with wonderful, fantastic, entrepreneurial people who are making their life's mission to change their dash or maybe somebody else's as well. So just Absolutely. really cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. And what was the name of this website again, Peter? TED.com. T -E oh, it's like on TED.com. Like okay. the man's first name. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great site. I, I thought there was somebody, something else that you had referred to. Um, Ted.com, well, you've been sending me that for quite some time, and it's a really cool site. There's lots yeah. of really good stuff. Lots of, I, and I, I poke into it every week or so, and they sometimes have different themes. And it is a wonderful gift to humanity on really amazing things. And the idea that they actually shared free to the world is one of the reasons why the Internet is such a cool thing. So um, one of the other topics I wanted to talk about was a little bit on the fun side, and that would be I was uh, I, I like to read I don't read books from start to finish anymore don't know why because I I read newspapers and you know excerpts of books sometimes but I don't read from start to finish just haven't had the priority to make it a thing but I picked up uh, recently a book I used to sell encyclopedias with a company P. F. Collier and I love education I love learning stuff about the things around me and I ran across a little segment on the nine planets and i said wow this really this this was a little bit on the sentimental and tough side i was like oh my gosh and if you're here and you're like you're you know you're going to school right now i don't know what they teach you about the nine planets but there's nine planets on mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yes there are yes and they talked about like pluto 
and how it wasn't a planet anymore. How and I'm like, that, that's, mm, that is so BS. It is. It's bogus. And, and and as you know, when you even said the word Pluto, you saw in the Skype box, I got irate. <laughs> right. <laughs> whenever my kid came home and told me Pluto's not a planet anymore, I looked, I went, um, you need to put the pipe down. Pluto is a planet. It will always be a planet. <laughs> who, who is this all-powerful they? they? They could just go ahead and say, yeah, we decided it's not a planet anymore. How can somebody decide? How, and, and who? I didn't vote him into any kind of office. So right. <laughs> I, this is definitely not okay with me. I'm, I was totally, well, I, yeah, I kind of knew about it, you know, knew about the Pluto dilemma, but when I started reading this book, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So here we are. We're talking about Pluto. Was, they got the nine planets listed. And, you know, they got all the different things about the nine different planets and all this stuff. And then it says, you know, Pluto is so small and far away, no one even suspected it existed until the 1900s. And actually nobody cited it until the 1930s. So not much is known about it except that it's, like, really far away. And I'll bore you, leave you with the boring details. But the reality was is on the next page, and this really broke my heart, on the next page after it talked about the nine planets, it's there was a heading called space debris, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Now we move Pluto into that space debris <laughs> category. How insulting! Like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad for. One minute you're you're part of our solar system, you're a planet. The next minute you're called debris. Right. Somebody's gonna. You move know, you I got to tell you, I felt like that in my life before. <laughs> One minute I'm Pluto, the next minute I'm debris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've totally been there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, they write neat things about me. and they, you know, This whole thing about how some guy made his life, you know, finding Pluto mm-hmm. and the great mm-hmm. things, and then they find out there's like a bazillion Plutos out there. Yeah. And then yeah. you get a chance to read it. It says, Pluto has a claim to fame, however, its orbit is more orbital than the orbits of the other planet. That's because it ain't a planet. That's why. That's why, that's why it's unique because it ain't a planet. So, but the, the philosophical bent to that is I don't know. This book was written in 1996, and it's most people would look at this book as say mostly factual, and you know because it's in writing, most people would think that most of the stuff is true. Especially if it's science, most people would think that it's true. Mm-hmm. But sometimes things change based on more information. So I always say, I always try to draw these comparisons, and I say, okay, so where's my Pluto moment? There's where's my Pluto moment? What else is like Pluto maybe in my life or maybe like Pluto maybe in my mind? What else maybe do I have a belief system that Pluto's like a planet? And then where else is that? And almost all the times where I am highly opinionated about something with little information, I always, I always remind moment. myself. Yeah, I always remind myself about Pluto because chances are somebody knows a little bit more about it than I do. But yeah, I, I guess it's okay to be human and be opinionated, and some people are really vocal and opinionated. But to be fair, you know, the reality is, I always ask, "Where's you know, where's my Pluto moment? Where am I probably mm-hmm. maybe even wrong?" Um, and just because it's in writing, this is a funny thing that I love to see, especially when I see critics do videos. I love when I watch critics do videos because I see a lot of the stuff that they do based on information they maybe see in writing, and I say, Caesar to dismiss this whole entire argument. Pluto. They built the whole entire argument based on wrong data, and therefore that's their Pluto moment. But they're very good and usually pretty convincing. So I always ask for where's my Pluto moment. And usually they're, somewhere below that is usually the truth. Yeah, so it kind of stinks for 
Pluto being demoted from a planet. And I also realize in my Pluto moments, why am I so violently against Pluto not being a planet? I mean, it's just a... <laughs> Well, I can say for me, it's, it's, I guess, a bit of, you know, so what else are they going to change their minds that they told us was true? Right. You know, like, we come into this world, we go into the school system. Now, we have to go to school. We don't have any choice but to go to school and put our kids into school, in the United States of America anyway, okay? Now, it's a gift to have school, okay? So, you know, I'm not complaining, but the, the systemization of things and, and, and the way that things are taught and <clears throat> the fact that, you know, things are being taught that are, n- are not necessarily within my belief systems in the schools now or within other people's belief systems, but they're going to be taught in the schools whether we like it or not unless you can afford to go ahead and put your kids in private schools. Now, my kids are are, are all out of, you know, my, my, my youngest is, seven, is about to be 17, or excuse me, she's about to be a, a junior, you know, and so I'm not worried about her anymore, but if I was like right now putting my kids in kindergarten on kindergarten buses, I'd be a little stressed, you know, a little more stressed than I used to be. You can't choose whether you want to have your kids inoculated. You can't choose about the curriculum they're going into unless you put them into a private school. And, you know, it's a really, really difficult climate out there. So here you go ahead and you grow up in a school system that teaches you that Pluto is a planet. And then in your 30s or 40s, they just change your mind, say it's not a planet, and now everybody who's growing up doesn't, they believe Pluto is space debris. Okay, what else can they change that was absolute fact, you know? And aren't there certain things that are just like, you know, this is the Earth and gravity exists, you know? So if somebody says, you know what, we were wrong about that. (laughs) There are some certain, certain things that make me nervous about facts becoming not facts anymore. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. a little crazy. That's true. You know, when we when we talk about, um, you know, we always have a bent towards network marketer and mm-hmm. the stories that they tell, because really network marketers <clears throat> are usually pretty good at telling stories, mm-hmm. and some of the stories are absolutely funny and hysterical, and sometimes they they do YouTube videos as they're branding themselves, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I also draw the comparison to science sometimes as well. Science is a science of telling really cool and magnificent and maybe even fantasy-like stories. You, know, you start talking about electrons and protons and neutrons and quarks and now string science and all that sort of stuff. It's really just the same thing as network marketing, just with a white lab coat, if you will. So <laughs> way different stories. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to be coming back on the other side of this break, and I know we're going to talk about some innovations of one, uh, one at least really creative person who's using the technology day, and I think he cashed out just recently. Yes, so, he did. So we're going to talk a little bit about that sort of stuff as we come back on the other side. Perfect. There comes a time when we realize we're capable of more. Doing more, producing more, seeing more, accomplishing more, and being more. Yet, regardless of our accomplishments, something is missing. We're left wondering, is this as good as it gets? Is this what amounts to my life and legacy? Perhaps you've reached a point in life where you're saying, something has to change. But what? What should I do? These questions mostly play in the back of your mind, except for now. For whatever reason, you realize that something has to change now. In the on-purpose person, 
you'll experience a remarkably fresh and personal response to the questions under your questions. Here's an inspiring story of one person's journey into self-discovery with the help of others. Importantly, you'll uncover a simple yet powerful process to be very real with yourself so you can be more true to yourself. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to the dash. I'm Dawn. This is Peter. We're talking about stuff. We are talking about stuff. Now, um, one of the things, Dawn, you had pointed to me was a really cool example of an entrepreneur, young guy who um, saw an opportunity, hit it home, probably did it as a hobby, ran across some people, probably helped him fund the thing. And now he just sold his company for whatever it was, like $30 million, I think it was. Yeah. Let's, so let's talk about that, entre- that entrepreneurial spirit. Absolutely, yeah. And and it's a pretty cool idea, too. I mean, he put together – he's a kid out of London. Um, he's been in business for himself for a couple of years already. His name's Nick D'Alosio, um, which I should be able to say better as an Italian. But uh, he basically um, put together something initially – that he thought that um it was it's something about um being able to put together your um uh your your readers um it condenses the summary okay condenses content so that your readers can scroll through more information more quickly um he had originally started something that um that truncated your news um so that you know people could put it out on social media but he realized that people didn't want to truncate their stuff. He wanted it done for them and condensed for them. So he went and he put this thing suddenly together, and it really took off really, really well. So, I mean, he was 15 when he launched his first app. He he was smart enough, and what I loved about it is he was smart enough to see, okay, maybe that's not the perfect thing. So he shifted it, just a micro shift, to make it more of what the public would want. And he saw that at 15 years old. I mean, I'm sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, watch out. This kid has a mind for business, a mind for what people want. He know, he just scored $30 bucks at 17 years old, and they're not even going to launch it. It was not making any money. Um, it was just a great idea, so Yahoo decided to snag it, put it in their arsenal, and and make it part of another product that they actually have. And um, they're not even going to launch it on its own. They're shutting it down, and they're going to incorporate it into their own deal. It's amazing. I so know. Op- opportunities that didn't exist a few years ago are popping up like crazy, like new species, if you will. Absolutely. So for all those people out there, there's tons of opportunities for people to become that entrepreneurial spirit. So, hey, I had an interesting scenario um, just happened to me uh, this week. A couple okay. of things. We talked about sales yep. relative to last night. And I, of course... Uh, my background in sales was always looking for the, you know, why do people have, why do sales have such a bad rap? Why does network marketing have such a bad rap? Those types of things. Well, I sometimes playfully say the reason why they have such a bad rap is because most of the times we haven't really met any good salesmen. We might meet people that make their profession in sales. We might find people that um, 
call themselves good salesmen. Some of them are sales trainers, and who am I, right? So I'm not the epitome of the best sales guy on the planet, best sales trainer on the planet, but you have an opportunity to have some comparisons. And I had an interesting scenario just recently and um, how we learn different things from different salespersons. I had a guy call me up. Actually, it started with a woman, and she was selling solar heaters, like a solar heating panel for my roof that would heat both my pool and my hot water. And I said, that's kind of unique. It's not like I need one of those things because I already have a solar panel that heats up my pool. And I have older kids, so the only one that really uses my pool is my yellow lab. So I said, you know, she really doesn't (laughs) – I don't – unless there's a huge tax break. You know, we get Bob on the phone. Unless there's a huge tax break – I don't think I'm going to drop a couple of grand on a solar, another solar panel heater for my pool. But it was kind of interesting that the stuff that was coming out of these people's mouths relative to selling actually made me think. And I haven't pursued this so far, but i got to share with you that sometimes you learn some really cool things from really good salesmen. I said, you know, so I threw out a couple of objections because I wanted to see how, was, how he or she was. And uh, they, were pretty, they were pretty decent. But then they started telling some stories. One of the stories was, do you know what is the highest produce, uh, you know, the highest thing relative to your electric bill? And I said, well, I, I really don't know. I really didn't give it too much thought. And they said stuff like probably like your um, air conditioner. And in Florida, that's absolutely positively true. And then they said your hot water heater. And then he said something like this that will change my mind forever. Because once your mind is opened up to a thought or a new idea, it's pretty hard to close it. He says, oh your water heater is like the second biggest one. And he said, do you know how your ma used to um, tell you that you got to shut off the lights? And she used to like yell and scream, like shut off the lights. Do you realize if you, now I don't know if this is true. He said, you know, if you left that light on for like 150 years, it wouldn't use hardly any electricity at all. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, said, I said to him, that, I, I can't use the B word, I think, on the radio. But I said, that, buh, like which? <laughs> <laughs> he said, what? I said, my mother. That <laughs> I got my ass kicked most of the time, excuse my language, by my parents that would constantly say that I have to shut off those lights, you know, because it was going to be something significant to the phone, you know, to the electric bill. And that might be one of those things. And, Don, I hate to say it, but I am the guy who goes and shuts off a lot of the lights in my house, if you know what I mean. And maybe just uh, an extra 10-minute shower might mean the difference. But this is what I mean by sometimes the things you see, the goofy way we do certain things, and people's belief systems and how they might change. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so cool stuff. But anyway, so back to – go ahead. No, I mean, I I was just looking at some interesting ideas that that, uh, we've been talking about. And, you know, we talked about this kid, and then um, Alex showed my my son, uh, John and Aaron, you know, both members of the Dash team, they started a T-shirt company a while back, really, really struggled to get it off the ground because there's so much competition out there. They still want to do it. But, you know, they really just burned out on the concept after months of eating and sleeping and breathing it, which most people who have ever started their first entrepreneurial venture that they said, ah, forget it. This isn't, this isn't for me um, you, you feel that pain you know? You're know. you like this would be a great idea This is what I want to do And then you find out you don't want to actually do it You want to make cool t-shirts maybe Or you want to go ahead and design cool logos Or you want to go ahead and, and find great cotton Or you want to go But to make and design And 
do the screen printing and to go ahead and every aspect of the business that it takes to get a T-shirt made and then on the shelves of the stores. There's so much out there, and it's a lot of work from start to finish. And one of the things that uh, Alex popped into the Dash Room just now was teespring.com. Um, really neat concept. It's like Kickstarter for T-shirts. So if somebody wants to go ahead and create and sell their own custom T-shirt, they can go ahead and do it with zero upfront cost. They can even get the campaign, I think, funded here, um, and people can go ahead and, and network and tell everybody and do social and everything on T-shirt campaigns. Now, I mean, they're coming up with some really great stuff out there, you know, and I just find it to be really interesting. I, I uh, just uh, on that same bent, I went and uh, had a pita pizza with my daughter Susie up at her campus and when she was up at UCA. And I said, what's a pita pizza? And, you know, basically the, the things that everybody makes when they get home from the bar in their 20s or in college, they get home, they put the sauce and the whatever on the pita, and they put the cheese on it, and they throw it in the toaster oven, it's a pita pizza. Well, these people actually made a restaurant out of it, and you can go in there and order these pita pizzas, and they're fantastic. And what they did was they made it so that every time you buy a pita pizza, they go ahead and feed a hungry kid. And, you know, I just find that today's entrepreneurism is really, really cool because people are really chipping in on stuff and that the cause marketing thing really makes me happy, you know. I like buying it. At first when I heard about Tom's and I heard about every time, yeah, okay, they're going to put a pair of shoes on somebody, you know, okay, that's really cool. And then I met little kids without shoes in Nepal and thought, wow. Now I get to know these kids who are going to get these shoes, you know, and it became really personal for me. And I think that, you know, we, we're just living in a really cool place in time on the timeline of entrepreneurism where, you know, the sky's the limit. Like there isn't a limit, you know, and, and we can actually make really huge impact um, one one dollar or one pair of shoes or, you know, a nickel at a time, you know. We can make, you know, we can feed kids, we can put shoes on their feet, we can build water wells in Africa, we can go ahead and do things from the comfort of our home, you know, with a laptop and, and a dream. It's just really cool to me, Peter. I, I'm really psyched about what we're living in. You know, we've got, we've got a lot of hiccups and we've got a lot of things that, um, that need to be better. And, you know, people like you and I say, say that and then we go about doing something about it. Um, you know, we can all sit and bitch, I'll say it, uh, we can sit and bitch about it or we could do something about it. So, you know, I'm really excited about the stuff that we're not telling everybody about yet. But, guys, Peter and I have gotten involved with um, Jim Turner and Jim James, Jim Illick, um, and we're going to go ahead and be launching a foundation coming up soon. Um, actually, it's happening right now that we're really super excited about. And once we have more information, we'll get into that. But, um you know, you can go ahead and build an entrepreneurial venture with some charitable stuff in mind, or you can go ahead and, and create one for-profit and one non-profit, you know. It could do anything. It's just so easy to go ahead and, and give back now and to, to go ahead and get started with just about anything. Well, I mean, I, it's it's simple. It's yeah, not I, easy. I love the um, 
I love the internet because of all the really cool things it'll do. It's uh, like a wonderful tool. It could either help, you know, you could do wonderful things with it, you could do bad things with it as well. And, of course, guys like me and people like you, Don, and, and your team focus on the good stuff. Well, I'm always amazed at the entrepreneurial spirit and the concept of, you know, no sleep, uh, 24 hours a day, it feels like, seven days a week, total obsession with now the opportunity to be able to do any or all of that stuff. And then always find out that you're competing, if you will, or working with a whole entire planet of people that have similar thoughts and ideas. Like, let's take a look at John's thing. You know, when when, when John, and by the way, uh, his voice was on one of our commercials. Great mm-hmm. job, John. I know. He's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like Alex's voice on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like neat. Uh, but John really knocked that thing out of the park. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so back to the whole concept of you're competing, playing with, and associating with people across the whole entire planet. Now, there's probably a small percentage of them, but because it's such large numbers, it's actually changing the world. So he went from, oh, my gosh, i got to figure out where to buy a T-shirt from and what, you know, what stock and, and all the investments of money and time and energy and all that sort of stuff, and then comes to another site that says, you know, somebody had more or less a similar idea, but they figured out how to do it a little bit differently. And then, you know, you, you learn what you want to do sometimes by figuring out what you don't want to do, and it's really kind of neat that he's going to find his genius because he's a sharp mm-hmm. kid. Aaron, same thing. These kids are really bright, smart, entrepreneurial, hardworking people. And when they find their genius, oh, my gosh, there's nothing that stops those two. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat that they, that they do that, and they're working with, you know, you and us at the same time. So cool things adds more stuff to the dashes of your life, if you will. Mm-hmm. As can six puppies. Six puppies. Oh my gosh. And yes. Oh, and so since everybody got the update last week that my puppies had parasites, my daughter Suzanne had bought a puppy from a pet store in December, and I I said don't buy it from a pet store, and she doesn't listen because she's my kid and who listens to their mother, and it came home with coccyxia, and it went to the bathroom in my yard, and three months later or four months later, I have a litter of puppies. And one of the dogs had gone outside and, and contracted this little parasite because it never dies. This is what's beautiful about parasites. They never die. You have to kill them somehow. So <laughs> we got to have parasites last Thursday. Um, and here I am crying, going to the vet last week. Um, my vet, whose you know, veterinary clinic burned to the ground just a few weeks ago, um, and but they're now in a new building and, and they're recovering from that. And I walk in with six puppies that are just covered from ear to ear, going fix them. And so they did. And um, you know, I got to tell you, Peter, talking about the everything in between and the stuff that really matters in life, there is nothing like puppy breath in my book to fix mm-hmm. a bad day. I said, you know, I'm going to have to become a breeder as a part-time thing just so that I can have a litter of these in my house for the next ten years. I, I mean, or I'm going to end up keeping all six of them, and then they're going to be dogs, and I'm not going to have the therapy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to have a huge food bill and a lot of dogs. <laughs> well, on, on the other side of this commercial, we're going to talk about how maybe a horny cocker spaniel somewhere in the night changed your life. <laughs> okay. Leave you with that thought. <laughs> Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. 
visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's bit.ly forward slash d-a-s-h taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to the last part of our favorite night of the week, Tuesday nights, where we're talking about stuff here on The Dash. I do like Tuesdays, Peter. Yep. Yeah, Tuesday's a cool day. So the cool thing about your little puppy story is it started with a whole (laughs) bunch of events that probably shouldn't have happened. Don't buy the pet. Don't buy the dog from the pet store. Don't let the dog out. Don't buy the dog from the pet store. Whatever you do, don't let your dog out at 2 o'clock in the morning before you run to the bathroom when they're in heat because they come back pregnant, possibly by two (laughs) different fathers. Um, I still can't believe it happened. And I swear to you that we have two different fathers because you should see two of the puppies are absolutely siblings and four of the puppies are absolutely siblings, but they are not siblings with each other. These are different dogs. Um, I didn't even know that could happen. It's the it's it's just but well, I gotta tell cute. you, like she I really cute. needed puppies right now, man. Yeah, I well, needed the, them. The little puppy is cute, so she could attract two males, that's for sure. Yes. So yeah, yes. So your your whole entire life is changed by a whole bunch of stuff. Number one <laughs> and I don't know where they found your dog because you're like in the middle of nowhere. So in 10 minutes, of course, you know, she gets impregnated. All of a sudden, you're down to I mean, I have 40-some-odd acres that are ours. There are no other dogs besides mine, and they're fixed on my my land. Where these dogs came from, they must have, like, packed a lunch to get here to come and be stalking in the woods for the six minutes that she was outside. (laughs) And I got back from the bathroom because this is a ritual, 2 o'clock in the morning, I get up to go, they get up to go, and we meet back at the door, right? It's a very quick thing. It's four to five minutes max, and I hear her screaming in the woods. And I wake up Alex, and we run downstairs, and I'm like, the puppy's screaming in the woods. And we run, and we get the car, and Andy and Aaron, and everybody's up. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and my dad didn't wake up. Okay, he was here for a visit, didn't wake up. But lots and lots of ruckus and hubbub, and then we thought she might have gotten ended up in the pond because it was freezing over. It was dramatic. It was the middle of the night. It was freezing. We're like, the, the car headlights are in the woods. We can't hear anything. And I scream, and I say, you listen to your mommy. Talk to me. And we hear her yelp again. Well, she comes skulking out from behind the brambles and into the house she goes. And we don't know anything. Now, for those of you who have never seen a Lhasa, they're the cousin it dog. They're Lhasa Apso. So things go by, weeks go by, and we go get them all spring cut, which means really short haircuts. And Chloe, my Lhasa Apso, turned into a pregnant goat. Um, literally looked like a pregnant goat. You saw her, didn't you? I did, but the, not when like, anybody knew she was pregnant. Okay, so this is so. So she turned into a pregnant goat. Her hair was all short, and all of a sudden, her midsection was so round, Peter. I swear to you, if she just had pointed ears, you would have known she was a goat. So <laughs> I just looked and went, "What happened to Chloe? She turned into a pregnant goat at the groomer." And sure enough, we take her in. She's like, she's not just 
just pregnant. She's like 10 days away from delivering. <laughs> like, <laughs> so a haircut can really reveal a lot of things. <laughs> and then six of the most brilliant and beautiful puppies I've ever seen in my life that came into my life. And I'm, I'm totally addicted. I, I, there's nothing I can do. They've got me wrapped around their furry little paws. And, um, I, I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get rid of any of them. And and I love the story because the story started off anytime like if you look backwards at the story, you thought about <laughs> the dog she wasn't supposed to buy, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just look at that and say, you know, wait a minute, maybe you got me upset or whatever, but um, but she wasn't supposed to do that, so something that went whatever. And then then you have the thing with you know letting the dog out, and you know then the drama associated, mm-hmm. of course, with having your whole entire household looking for a dog in the darkness. Yep. And yeah, I'm surprised like like you didn't have people like breaking legs and everything else like that because <laughs> it's dark there. I mean, I'm surprised like there wasn't more of the story than that. Just waiting for a little, <laughs> little dog to wobble out, saying, "Hey, you know, what's hey? So what's your problem? You know, I just had fun." <laughs> so the so the scenario though is that I look at life sometimes and it kind of reevaluates those maybe the really horrible things that sometimes happen or things that don't go right. There are sometimes defining moments, whether you like it or not. It's mm-hmm. a defining moment, and sometimes you just let it happen. You maneuver it how it happens. You appreciate how it happens, and it just kind of lets living living through it go a little bit better for me. So I've looked at a lot of those things that have happened in my life and said, you know, okay, so the server broke, or so this guy, you know, had this dilemma, or this happened here. What are we going to do with it? So what are we going to do with this? This happened that we can't change what happened, but what are we going to learn? If it was something that was a mistake, what can we have done to possibly avoid it? And then sometimes you just got to let it go. I love the um, I love the movie Forrest Gump. So if anybody's ever watched the movie Forrest Gump, um, it's a really great movie. Besides, mm-hmm. just, like cool movie. But his mom would contradict herself sometimes. Sometimes she'd say it's like fate, and sometimes like life is a box of chocolate. You never know which one you're going to get. So you either live it by by design, or you live it by chance. And at the very end of the movie, when his mom was dying. He said, Mom, maybe it's a little bit of both. So even though, you know, you can't wrap yourself up in what happens maybe in Hollywood, that Forrest Gump movie was probably one of the best life lessons movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just really cool stuff. So, yeah, so it just happens. So sometimes, you know, you get a little dog like Chloe, and she goes and does her thing, and now she changes your life. She can mm-hmm. be a defining moment. Chances are if you want to be a dog breeder, you have enough land for it. So who knows where it's going to be starting? You'll be doing cows and chickens and maybe horses pretty soon. Who knows? I have ducks. Yeah, ducks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love my ducks. That's you know, tough. I I've been saying for a while now. You know, I can do the nature thing. You know, and for me, um, the only thing I really cared about when I came back into the country and and said, okay, I don't mind going and working all the time, but I have to park in the middle of nature. And I have to be looking at beautiful. And that's the thing for me. And that's why, you know, for those of you who heard, you know, I took a piece of my porch, a covered porch, um, you know, so there's a deck up above and there's a a patio below the deck. And and I said, just make it waterproof and give me two glass walls. So I have, like, I just, I sit surrounded by Florida, almost almost floor-to-ceiling windows, staring outside like I am outside and that's how my sand it's not a huge office it's you know enough for my desk and and some beanbag chairs on the floor you couldn't fit two desks in here comfortably but you know for me I don't really care about 
more than one desk. I, I wouldn't even have a desk if I could just have the windows. I would sit on the beanbag chair on the floor happily if as long as I can feel like I'm outside. And, and for me, you know, like the winters are too cold to sit outside and the summers are way too hot here to sit outside and work. But So I needed a, a completely climate-controlled outdoor experience, <laughs> and I got it. I got it. I got it. It wasn't that expensive. You know, it was like I just needed two walls because I had the floor and the ceiling, and two of the walls were the external walls of the house. So it was really a perfect situation because I just needed two walls, and I said, what would it take to actually put glass all the way around here and something that for the glass to attach to? Um, at the ceiling and the floor, and and I got it, and it wasn't that expensive. I mean, in the scheme of things, I think it was maybe ten thousand dollars, you know, to go ahead and make this room. So, you know, and 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 I gotta say, like in Arkansas, you know, the building is is way less expensive down here than it was in 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 the Northeast. You know, um, I, I know people who have, you know put additions on their homes that would have cost forty and fifty thousand dollars in the Northeast for, you know, seven or eight down here. So, you know, the cost of living and the location has a lot to do with what it costs, but um, it's just been, like, you've been in this room. It's oh, yeah. so great wonderful. Great room. A, I swear I've seen, uh, besides your cow patty um, that's hanging <laughs> on the wall, that I'm telling you, it kind of it kind of steams up a little bit on the right night, in the right light. You'll see it's still active. <laughs> I didn't want to squish it. I didn't want to. I didn't have that much. I didn't want to do that. But uh, yeah, you're, and the the view is wonderful, and it changes all the time, obviously with the seasons. And um, it's the kind of view that if you've ever wondered, like, you see those Bigfoot footages, you're like, oh, there was Bigfoot. It looks just like that. I swear, I think I've seen Bigfoot a couple of times out there. Yeah, the so, tree line is just far enough away that you maybe can make him out. Yeah, I think you can see him. I think I see Bigfoot. I'm not going out there at night. Maybe Bigfoot is what actually took in Chloe. You know, but, I probably should go ahead and get spotlights onto those trees, like from my office, so at night I could sit in here with the lights off and look outside. That would kind of be cool. And we definitely cool. need a big sign on there, no firing for all those testosterone-driven boys in your room. Yeah, can you imagine they wanted to go hunting in the yard? <laughs> I swear to you. I'm like, I have ducks. I collect animals. You want to shoot them? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, they get bows. I'm like, you need to go off of our land. Any hunting you want to do, you can't. This is a, this is a kill-free zone, man. <laughs> kill-free zone. Thank gosh you and Barbara on the phone that day. I had some backup. <laughs> that, that was classic. That, that was. was just really classic. It's like I'm thinking of ways to feed the deer, and they're looking at ways to make them food. It just right. doesn't <laughs> It's really right. difficult. As if they're going to replenish themselves. You know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they come back. <laughs> crazy. Guys are crazy. Yeah, but, guys are crazy. Yep, that's that's for sure. That's what that's women the, are the crazy good too yeah. in a different different direction. <laughs> yeah, they're just kooky. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. We might have some women listeners right here, so I'm gonna leave that one alone. I'm allowed to say it. I'm you alone. are. I yeah. my wife always te well, my wife doesn't always tease me, but uh, she uh, <laughs> can't. You know, <laughs> I was on the advisory board for an organization called the Direct Selling Women's Alliance. So. Mm -hmm. What are you going to teach these people? And then when I was in college, I actually got an A on psychology of love. And my wife <laughs> wonders, how did that happen? Like, what the heck? What, what the heck? So it was one of, my, one of my electives. And the cool thing about 
that stuff is, uh, I had a great college teacher. His name was Dr. Cernick. was probably one of the most um, dynamic teachers I've ever had because he kind of like left a mark. And what he did was he said, we're going to do, we're going to learn a lot about philosophy here. It wasn't the philosophy of love thing. But then my first philosophy course, he actually said, I'm going to spend the first, you know, whatever, couple of chapters convincing you of one way of thinking. And you're going to resist it initially. But by the time I'm done, you're going to embrace it. And then later on in the semester, we're going to teach you another philosophy, and you're going to resist that big time. But it was the original philosophy you had. And I saw how he actually was able to twist our brains and our thinking around where that's exactly what happened. We went from disbelief, disbelief, pushing it away to embracing it. And then when he finally came back to what we were what we were again disbelieving, we was like, wait a minute, that's what we originally thought to begin with. Wonderful teacher. Uh, wonderful teacher. Yeah, so that's the only reason why I took philosophy of love. I figured I'd learn something else, but my wife would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm book smart. I'm book smart there. Book smart, right. Yeah, you got to learn that. how to apply that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband and I'm a dad, too, so I get the whole thing for my daughter as well. I, that's right. Kind of interesting. Well, I just got Dr. Dr. Gray's entire set. So I'll I'll send it over when I'm done, and we'll see what we can get on yeah. get on the the Mars and Venus thing, you know. Yeah. I was impressed with him. He'd really impress me if he wrote one for the Latino woman. <laughs> you could put in a request, you know. Yeah, a lot of the stuff he teaches just doesn't work with the rational people. It's crazy. Anyway. All right. Well, it, we made it. Our hour is gone. Yep. All right, so we will be back tomorrow night. We have a fantabulous guest for tomorrow, and we will see you then. Tomorrow night is interesting, Peter. We've got um, a paranormal guy tomorrow. Oh, wow, I love so that. So we're going to learn about how he became a ghost hunter and uh, and all about that kind of stuff. So it's going to be Spooky Wednesday. So do you believe in that stuff? Yes, I absolutely do. But I lived in a haunted house once. Right. Scary. Yeah, things things like getting up and moving and pushing us across floors and chairs that had wheels and yeah, really really crazy. So I totally believe, but that's because I lived in one. You know, I I, I I'm one of those people. You know, you can't push me across a chair or across a floor on a chair that you know that isn't moving and and not get me to believe something was pushing me in the chair. Wow. So. <laughs> It's pretty pretty evidential for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like how much more of a sign do you need? Yeah. It wasn't like a wind blowing so, or anything else like that, a whisper you might have heard. No, he pushed me yeah, in the no, chair. No, no. Yeah, that was moving across the room. Wow. <laughs> so, there was some really interesting, but I'll share more about that tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so that's it for us. Axel, spin our extra, and we will see you guys here tomorrow on The Dash. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows that happen every Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.